0: Hey, y'all, this is Michael Franti, and this is WMNF Tampa.
1: You are tuned to WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM. Human Rights, the Quantanamo Candidate, and torture in America. This is Community Speaks. I'm your host, Patro Mabili, or PM Panther if you want to follow me on social media. As the clock changes from AM to PM, the voice of the people hits your airwaves. Throughout the month of July, WMNF has been highlighting anti war and human rights efforts. Today on Community Speaks, I want to talk to you about these things as we watch Republican politicians try and outdo each other, trying to take a hard line on everything from immigration, voting and redistricting, race. We look at human rights. And, of course, you can call, text and write me. You can call us, 813-239-9663. And you can text me at 813-433-0885. That's 4330885. Or you could write me, DJ at WMNF.org. It's great to see the White House is planning to commemorate Emmett Till, a victim of racist torture and lynching in 1955 Mississippi, as he visited uh, from Chicago. Uh, there has been a story this morning that has highlighted this uh, the fact that Biden will designate a national monument honoring Emmett Till and his mother. Uh, uh, His mother's name was Mamie Till Mobley, and both of whom served as catalysts for the civil rights movement. And Biden is expected to sign this declaration tomorrow, which will be the 82nd anniversary of Till's birth. The new monument will be established across three locations in Illinois and Mississippi in an effort to protect places that tell Till's story as well as reflect the activism of his mother, who was instrumental in keeping the story of Till's murder alive. In August of 1955, two white men abducted, tortured, and killed Emmett Till. He was a 14-year-old boy after he whistled at a white shopkeeper's wife in a grocery store, in the till being a 14 year old black boy. And in Mississippi, that's a crime, <laughs> according to the mores of 1955. Mississippi, Roy Bryant and J.W. Milam were acquitted, but later they confessed to the killing in a magazine. In 50 years after the crime, the shopkeeper's wife, Carolyn Bryant Donham, also admitted to lying about till touching her. And among the sites that will be honored is Roberts Temple Church of God in Christ in Chicago, where Till's funeral services was held in September of 1955. Uh, About 1,700 people filled the church to capacity on that day, while 10,000 more people stood outside and listened to the service over loudspeakers. The ceremony was also remembered for Till Mobley's brave decision to keep the casket open showing Teal's mutilated body and in the Mississippi uh Gray Ball Landing will become a monument and locals believe it is the spot where Till's body was recovered from the Tallahatchie River and in 2008 a memorial sign dedicated to Till was installed near that site but over the years the sign was routinely stolen vandalized or shot at and forced to be replaced A fourth edition now stands at the site, this time bulletproof and details the history of vandalism. The third monument location will be the Tallahatchie County 2nd District Courthouse, also in Mississippi where Till's killers were acquitted by an all-white jury. In October of 2007, Till's family visited the courthouse to receive an apology from the town's leaders. And at the time, Till's cousin, Simeon Wright, who was there the night Till was kidnapped, said he appreciated those efforts, and though it came decades after his cousin's death. Uh, But we're going to see these three places set up as a monument honoring Emmett Till and his mom. And uh, it, you know, really gives us a, a vision of what life was like in Mississippi and in the United States. And there are people who are, <laughs> who are singing about going backwards to those times. And uh, thinking of Jason Aldean and uh, we're going to hear, I'm going to share a little bit more about what we've been hearing about that. Jason Aldean was a singer, a country singer who glorified and attacked on uh He glorified violence, basically, in his music video talking about try that in a small town and actually shot part of the video in front of Tennessee State House where a lynching took place years earlier, decades earlier. Uh, But some sleuths on the Internet was able to find something that shows that Jason Aldean glorifies an attack on anti— segregationist reporters in a lyric video that was put online. He reject, even though Jason Aldean rejected claims that his latest single tried That in the small town Stokes violence against left-wing and black lives matter protests, protesters, even though the song features threatening lyrics and is accompanied, of course, as I said, by that music video filmed on the site of an actual lynching. This, uh, Viral TikTok was uncovered a previous uh, has uncovered a previously unreported lyric video for Try That in a Small Town that glorifies an attack on this reporter in Jim Crow era Mississippi. Uh, this video was shared this past weekend by some TikTok user named Danny F Collins. He scrutinized the, this uh, promotional clip, which was posted on May nineteenth from a lyric video. Via Aldean's TikTok account. And by matching portions of visible text from a newspaper clipping, the internet sleuth was able to p- trace the source to a May 1956 issue of the now defunct Peter Petter, uh, Petal uh, paper based in Petal, Mississippi, described by the Library of Congress as a small town newspaper with local news and advertisements. And this press clipping used the whole video, uh, used the video. Uh, used in this video appears to be taken from a letter to the editor, Percy Dale, who regularly unleashed a barrage of screwball satire to ridicule segregation, white supremacy, and massive resistance to integration, according to the Mississippi Encyclopedia. In the letter, an NAACP public relations consultant inquired about the reaction from East Hometown from his publishing of a full-page anti-segregation advertisement that had gained national attention. And in response... This uh, East notes harassment and the loss of over 200 subscriptions. And in the end in 19- of 1956, after East defiantly reprinted the advertisement that August, the Patal paper had lost all of his local subscribers and advertisers, but was buoyed financially by its national circulation. So uh, long story short, this uh, TikTok, uh, Jason Aldean had put this uh, on his TikTok which means he was glorifying Trilad in a small town. Um, And this uh, new video has unleashed a lot of reaction, including from the governor of this state, who's running for president. The governor of Florida has been seething over the backlash that Jason Aldean has been getting. Uh, So, like I said, it is great to see that the White House is planning to commemorate Emmett Till. Uh, He was a again, a victim of racist torture and lynching in 1955, Mississippi, as he was visiting from Chicago. But it is also great to see uh, that people are reacting, and we it's not going to be so easy to go backwards. But throughout the month of July, WMF has been highlighting anti-war and human rights efforts. And today on Community Speaks, I want to talk to you about all of these things and as we watch Republican politicians try and outdo each other, you know, trying to take a hard line on everything from immigration and voting and redistricting, race, we are going to take a look at human rights. And while I'm glad to see the the idea of the Emmett Till Memorial going up, we still need Senate to, in the House of Representatives, the Congress as a whole to pass anti-lynch law in this country. Still, at long last, it has not been done. Uh, it's also great to see Vice President Kamala Harris. She's going to deliver remarks at the Unidos U.S. 2023 Annual Conference. Uh, this is a, a Latino conference. Uh, Republican Governor Greg Abbott of Texas, uh, in their response to immigration, is going to be on tap as an issue. Uh, we could talk about that today as well because Greg Abbott of Texas ordered, as we have been reporting, state guardsmen to push migrants back into the water as they arrived on the border. Uh, Texas and Florida's governor are cynically trying to compete with each other, moving migrants around to sanctuary cities. Uh the human rights of migrants is, re, is respected by simply giving them an asylum hearing. That's all we really should be doing. Uh, at the very least, uh, a new app has been helping to facilitate such hearings. Uh, but now the Texas governor is threatening to use disaster declarations as a pretext to install razor wire on the U.S.-Mexico border. Uh, just to get a little bit more... Information about that, the uh, it's been reported that the uh, governor Greg Abbott he's trying to escalate th- these measures to keep migrants from entering the United States. The Republican is pushing legal boundaries along the border with Mexico to install, like I said, razor war, and also to deploy massive bu- buoys on the Rio Grande and bulldoze border islands. In the river. And Abbott has used disaster declarations as the legal bedrock for these measures. But now he's getting blowback over the, these tactics. It's, this blowback is widening, including from within Texas. Uh, state troopers' account of officers denying migrants water in summer heat and the razor wire leaving asylum seekers bloodied has prompted new criticism. And Mexico's governor, uh, government, Mexico's government, and the Biden administration and local landowners are pushing back. Uh, the uh, There are so many ways uh, that Texas, what Texas is doing right now is flagrantly illegal. That's according to uh, the Texas American Civil Liberties uh, Union attorney. He said Abbott did not respond to requests for comment. He repeatedly attacked Joe Biden's border policy, tweeting Friday that they encourage migrants to risk their lives crossing illegally through the Rio Grande instead of safely and legally over a bridge. And the Biden administration said illegal border crossings have declined significantly since new immigration rules took effect back in May. Uh, But under the international bridge connecting Eagle Pass, Texas, and uh, Piedras Negras, Mexico, Protesters gathered at Shelby Park this month, chanting, Save the River, and blowing a conch uh, a shell in the ceremony. A few yards away, the crews unloaded these buoys that they're going to put out into the Rio Grande, even as the protest was going on. Uh, the environmental active advocates are not happy about all of this. They're, they're watching the state troopers. Restricted access to the water where they hold an annual kayak race and uh, shipping containers, so it's having a an expanded effect on life in Texas. Uh, the International Boundaries of Water Commission says it is it was not satisfied, uh, not notified when Texas modified several islands or deployed the massive buoys to create this barrier covering uh, at least a thousand feet of the middle of the Rio Grande with anchors in the riverbed. And the Justice Department has warned Texas that the buoy wall is unlawful and that the Biden administration will sue if the state doesn't remove the wall. And Abbott tweeted that on this past Friday the state has the sovereign authority to defend their border. And so they're uh, they're drawing their battle lines politically around all of this and uh it's the environmentalists take uh uh have an opinion you also have people who live in the area the uh government there's one property owner he uh, he said that the department of Public safety cut him out of his land deal uh there was a a land deal apparently between him this this one person worked with DPS when the agency built a fence on his property and arrested migrants for trespassing. But the relationship turned acrimonious a year later after the department asked to put up uh, the wiring, the wire fence. And uh, that's on his riverfront property. And the the, uh, property owner who was leasing to the U.S. Border Patrol to process the immigrants. And so this landowner has, you know, decided that he's he wanted to be released from any liability when it came to the wires causing injuries. And, of course, the, the State Department, the I'm sorry, the DPS, Department of Public Safety, declined but still installed the wire fence and then moved vehicles onto this landowner's property and shut the landowner's gates. That cut off the Border Patrol's access to the river, though it still leaves... Leases land from this landowner. But whatever they used to do, this landowner no longer wants to go along with it because it's what he calls a poison politics. It's become poisonous politics. And uh, of course, this landowner doesn't want to be held liable if people get injured on this wire fencing. And the government doesn't want to take, the state government doesn't want to take any responsibility for that. But in the meantime, Here in the state of Florida, we have a governor that is also trying to compete with Greg Abbott of Texas and how he can violate the human rights and the humanity of people who are migrating to this country looking for at least an asylum hearing. And uh, these words of Andrew Gillum when he ran against the governor for, you know, that seat, Back in 2018, those words that Andrew Gillum used have resurfaced and have come back to really become prophetic words. Here's what Andrew Gillum said about DeSantis during that campaign where Andrew Gillum basically had DeSantis pegged for exactly who he is. And that was years ago. Mr. Gillum, I'll give you a chance to respond now. Well, let
2: me first say, my grandmother used to say, a hit dog will holler. Uh, And it hollered uh, through this room. Mr. DeSantis has spoken. Uh, hey, First of all, he's got neo-Nazis helping him out in the state. Uh, he has spoken at racist conferences. He's accepted a contribution and would not return it from someone who referred to the former president of the United States as a Muslim N-I-G-G-E-R. Uh, when asked to return that money, he said no. He's using that money to now fund negative ads. Now, I'm not calling Mr. DeSantis a racist. I'm simply saying the racists believe he's a racist.
0: But Mr. DeSantis? <laughs> we're bringing
1: so that was uh Andrew Gillum with those prophetic words uh back in twenty eighteen, and uh everything that we have seen so far has borne that out. The racists think he's racist, and uh they have been rewarding him for his behavior uh while the rest of us have been wondering why this guy is just pushing as far to the right as he possibly can and uh, denying people their humanity and so much else uh 813-239-9663 if you want to call and talk to me about what's happening uh especially in the terms of immigration and human rights give me a call this is community speaks uh the other news having to do with this governor is that that was a that was a showtime I mean, rather a Vice documentary, Vice TV documentary that would have been shown on Showtime, but Showtime pulled it out of political worries. They were basically intimidated politically about playing this documentary called The Guantanamo Candidate about this governor, Ron DeSantis. It was an hour long. It was slated for May 28th to be played on television, but it was pulled before it could air. As I said, due to political consequences, the episode was first noticed by The Hollywood Reporter, Vice TV, and Showtime cited scheduling conflicts for its removal. But the episode was scrubbed from the Paramount-owned cable channel for political reasons. And uh, the episode contained footage of Florida governor and the presidential hopeful Ron DeSantis' response to allegations that he witnessed the torture of Guantanamo Bay prisoners. The Vice documentary included on-camera interviews with a former detainee, Mansour Adafi, and a guard at the prison, Staff Sergeant Joe Hickman, who both said they had seen DeSantis at the prison complex amid a controversial detainee hunger strike. The Vice reporters on the project attempted to speak with DeSantis multiple times, finally confronting him at a press conference in Israel, according to a description to Semaphore, uh, who was working on this documentary, despite Showtime and Vice initially scheduling, uh, claiming scheduling issues, two individuals told Simba Ford that the episode was pulled from the air over fears of political repercussions. And this was according to new reporting, the company's Washington lobbyists had raised concerns about the episode's content. And on May 25th, Vice's internal legal team had already approved the show and promotional materials had gone out, but Showtime's post-production staff alerted Vice that they would be taking a deeper internal look at the episode, which would delay its premiere. Uh, when the governor was confronted about what this uh, detainee at Guantanamo Bay had said that he remembered him and that DeSantis did nothing but... DeSantis responded saying, how could he remember me? You know, that was his response. But this ex-Guantanamo Bay detainee says he still remembers DeSantis smiling at him from behind the fence while he was being force-fed. He said, you just cannot forget a thing like that. And apparently DeSantis was there to oversee whether or not people were being treated humanely. And at the end of the day, I guess... DeSantis didn't care. Uh, He was just standing there smiling, and his report was, you just carry on, keep doing what you're doing. The Republicans refused to allow Guantanamo Bay Prison to even be closed in the first place, and it's still sitting open with people still sitting without trial in detention. Uh, But this ex-Guantanamo Bay detainee says he remembers to this day how Ron DeSantis smiled from behind a fence while watching him getting force-fed. Uh, He said he first met DeSantis in 2006 when the Florida Republican went to Guantanamo, along with several groups he'd arrived to bring the camp under control, quote-unquote. At the time, DeFee and the other detainees were on a hunger strike to protest against their imprisonment for DeFee's account. And DeSantis was then a U.S. Navy lawyer, was providing legal advice to the detention center. Um, He says... He could still he could see them standing behind the fence watching and looking and uh adding that DeSantis himself was smiling uh while being you screaming and shouting and bleeding and throwing up and sh- and someone is smiling at you. you cannot forget that uh so this guy and uh was part of the the uh documentary, and uh that documentary, as I said has been pulled and uh i believe from political intimidation not scheduling conflicts uh we're gonna take a short break but i do want to hear from you 813-239-9663 this is community speak some of your hosts mobili and uh keep it tuned right here gonna bring a couple of announcements your way and then we'll be right back to talk to you
3: This is Ashley. And this is Katie. Join us every Friday, early morning, 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. for Revenge of the Synth, where you will hear the best new and old synthwave music that you will never hear anywhere else. Revenge of the Synth, Friday mornings, 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. on
0: WMNF 88.5 FM, Tampa.
2: WMNF presents Bad Reputation tribute to women who rock the 80s you'll hear 10 mostly female bands covering over 40 songs from the 80s including blondie joan jett the b52s the pretenders Cake, bush and more all inside the new world brewery saturday july 29th at 7 bad reputation a wmf tribute to women who rock the 80s free parking patio and restaurant tickets at 813-238-8001 or at WMNF.org.
0: You're invited to join WMNF in celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip-hop on August 12th. This electrifying live show will include DJ sets and interviews with hip-hop enthusiasts. Hosted by Tone Capone, Concept, Tempest, Valtrenda, and Sipsaki. the event will take place from 6 p.m. to 12 a.m. on August 12. We're honored to be celebrating WMNF's hip hop legend, Kenny K, during the event. Skilled photographers and videographers will capture the discussions. We've also invited hosts from WMNF's popular music shows to join us for an on-air discussion about the evolution of hip-hop culture. WMNF DJs, including DJ Tune Selector, DJ SR, DJ Dark Vader, DJ Raheem, DJ Deacon, DJ Slowburn, DJ LCM, DJ Kellen, DJ Spaceship, DJ Chin, and DJ Senflow, will perform 30-minute sets. We're thrilled with the level of cooperation and participation within the WMNF family. The event will also feature special guest artists, staff, and WMNF supporters. We hope to see you there. Most people have no- you are tuned
1: to Community Speaks here on your community radio station, WMNF 88.5 FM. We're talking about human rights in this country. And uh, I want to hear from you. And, uh, you can write me at DJ at WMF.org. You can call. I'm going to go... Straight away to the telephone lines right now to see what uh, you have to say about all of this. Uh, just wanted to start out by sharing some stories with you about human rights and uh, especially as it relates to immigration in this country right now, where we're headed with all of this. 813 239 9663 is the number to call. We're going to go to the phone lines, to Plant City, and uh, talk to Ryan. Ryan, thank you for calling Community Speaks today. You say what?
2: Yeah, so what, what is the actual issue, you know, with the human rights, um, you know, that everything, everybody's claiming about that they do not have here in this United States?
1: What is it the issue? Well, uh, one of the things I was talking about is immigration. The idea that people can at least get a hearing and uh, that's not being, that's not happening in the mean, uh, is, is it, is if in fact, they're being greeted with barbed wire fencing and, and being told to let people drown, stay in the water, not make it to land. So well, I,
2: see, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's where, you know, it's what they're saying and what's actually happening. See, they're coming in illegally, like they can come through the legal ports of entry and get properly processed. But see, they're not doing that, and they have to put up this nation has to be secure. That's why everything's being overloaded because illegal immigration actually hurts everybody. You know, it comes from out of the taxpayers, American taxpayers. You know, we deserve to have a country that has a border that is secure, that is in the Constitution of the United States. Like I say to secure this nation, so we're we're bringing in people that we don't know who they are. They're crossing all over. They're coming from Somalia. They're coming from Afghanistan. You know, they've they've nabbed so many different terrorists on a terrorist watch groups. They're actually coming through the border illegally. Uh, can't they get a
1: hearing though? Can't they get an asylum hearing?
2: <laughs> they're they're claiming asylum, but they're not truly in fear of where they're coming from. They're coming over here because they see a open door policy of just come on in, you know, as much as you can and flood everything. And that's they're not coming in the proper way. So how is it fair to the ones who truly wait in line, you know, to get in this country and go through the proper steps? But yet they get passed over by people who just want to come in and they're already breaking the law by coming
3: over.
1: Well, what about people who are trying to get to the line? You know what I'm saying? I think that what you're saying is, has been an argument for a long time, has not worn out. But what I'm, saying, what I'm hearing is that you're thinking this is an invasion. that We don't know who these people are, so we can't look at them as, as human beings, and we can't believe them and trust them what they're saying about their asylum. We just need to just do whatever we need to do to keep them
2: out. Well, it's securing the border is what it is. See, we have legal ports of entry. They can come in legally through the legal force of entry. But right now, they're not. They're trying to get in this country any way possible. So well, states are stepping in to properly secure you know, the border because the U.S. government has failed.
1: So you don't have a problem with immigration. You just want people to come and do it at a designated location where we have decided that's where they're to go.
2: Yes, coming in legally. And if you look, most of the people that are coming over here are middle-aged males. You're not seeing women and children. You're seeing mostly middle-aged males. Are you sure about that?
1: Because there are lots of women and children there's, there's who are lots. getting caught up.
2: Look at, look at the majority. They are middle-aged men. We're even getting people from China that's coming over here through that border because they're seeing, a, you know, pretty much a, open door. Come on in.
1: Well, uh, what makes you more American than them? What make it gives you and your forebears the right to come here?
2: Because I was born here. Okay. And if I wasn't born here, just like if I was to go to any other country, if I was try to get into Mexico, guess what? They would throw me in prison over there. Very harsh punishment, you know, for a very long time for illegally entering their country. Every country has their own right to secure their own border and know who is coming in and who is leaving their country.
1: Does every state have their right? Because this, these governors are using any means necessary. Is that right?
2: It, the state has has the ability and the right to protect their people, their citizens of their state, yes. So if there's people coming over illegally, entering the state that's overwhelming their system, I mean, it, it's not right. They don't know who these people are. And a lot of people are pushing over. They're not good people. They, it's been proven that they are, you know, Bad people doing bad things. It's and been the proven. They're suffering because of it.
1: So how was that proven? I mean, because you're not giving them a hearing. They're not even, even get to an asylum hearing. So how do you know they're bad people or they're not
2: They they are, okay, the so ones who are coming through legally. Okay, like if you're claiming asylum, okay, they're allowing them to come through and claim their asylum and they have their hearing. It's so overwhelmed that it is years, you're talking about three and four years before they even have a hearing because it's been overwhelmed so much. And if basically people just claim, I need asylum, I'm, you know, they're after me, that's an excuse to come over. It's not the truth. They just want to enter the United States because it's, it's a good country to be in. You know, people want to claim, oh, United States is terrible, they're racist, or this or that. Why is everybody dying, literally dying, to get in this country if it's so bad?
1: Well, doesn't the United States promote itself as the place to be? Does it say this is the land of free? This is the land where you could uh, realize your dreams, you could work hard, do what you want. And you say you were born here, but your ancestors weren't born here and they came. What gives, what makes them less right, have less right to be here than your ancestors did?
2: Well, 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 actually, I do come from, half of my family actually comes from Native Americans, from the Cherokee. So, yes, I do have part of my family is actually from here, and the other half is from Ireland. Okay, Ryan.
1: Thank you for your call. I think I understand. 813-239-9663. I'm not sure who this caller is or whether or not you were trying to get on Community Speaks, but you're on the air right now. Caller, go ahead. Uh, Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Turn your radio down. I can hear that, too.
4: Um,
5: In regards to immigration in the last caller that I heard, I I just want to say that this idea that we have um, proper ports of entry and that people can come through is a bit of a misdemeanor because um, I know people. I have friends that have, um, you know, lived abroad, gotten married, and, you know, tried to come back, U.S. citizens, with um, their wives and children, you know, from the Philippines and such. And, you know, followed them in this process and seen that, you know, they've been trying for seven years to try and get their wife and children into... The country. And, um, I, you know, this isn't, you know, something that you can just go do, you know, something as, you know, benign as that. And, um, I have other friends that, you know, were of, um, South American descent, but they, you know, they were their fifties now, but, you know, they were children. They were a little, you know, Little children dropped off at the border, you know, a long time ago and then farmed out to families when, you know, at the time because they were separated from their parents. And, um, you know, you say, oh, I see the system is working, but the uh, that, you know, led to abuse and they ran away from home and they're still here, but, you know, now they've worked their whole life here and, You know, had some support from the Dreaming Act and whatever, but the you know now they're now they are our workforce. Their children are our workforce. You know, and their grandchildren are going to be our workforce. But that is a really um, story filled with PTSD, to put it nicely. You know, (laughs) because you know, there's one, at least one example that I know in person. Um, had from that kind of story. And I can only imagine what the, you know, the new children, the new uh, families will be going through. But um, I believe that the waiting time for an application or getting a hearing was like 10 years under the um, Trump administration and that has dropped down to like six or seven years now under Biden, which is an improvement. But still we gotta admit that this system is completely broken because if you need to wait that long, you might as well go somewhere else if you're actually in a hurry. And um, you know, that'd be why our you know, why people are trying to come to the border or do something. And I you know, I just feel important to point out that other side and you know, if you don't see it. If you don't try, you don't have any personal experience, it's easy to not you know, know it. Mm-hmm, you know? Like right. anything. If you don't are involved, you don't
1: see it out of sight, out of mind. Right. You know? uh, and the idea that their children might be our workforce in the future, you know, that's a good thing. Uh, we need workers in this country, and uh, there's a lot of work that a lot of Americans won't do so. The, the idea that they they've come here and they're working and they're providing for this economy, they're actually contributing to this economy. So I think mm-hmm. it's a it's a benefit. Immigration is a benefit to the we're United on, States. We're all immigrants.
5: Excuse me. We go back historically over our. Um, uh, we are, and you know, then then we were very um, racist in our policies over the last century, and you know, we didn't. We would accept Europeans without question, you know, right?
1: Forty or Canadians. Asian. I don't see any barbed wire on the Canadian border, <laughs> either.
5: We, we didn't accept Asians the same way. And there was that time when we would take Germans, but not Greeks or Italians, because they were too colored. And I forget the right. exact year, but it is it, amazing history. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, but and then we. We can look at our um, our climate change and how a lot of these subsistence farmers are you know, in the rest of South America and the world are, are saying, okay, if we don't move, we don't do something, we'll starve. And that's, um, you know, we can say, ah, it's not America's problem, but we're just part of the uh, cause, you know. But what are we going to. This problem isn't going to go away.
0: No,
1: especially when you have. Humanity uh, approaching a lot of, uh, of borders. Uh, in Europe, you know, th- th- this is a, a global problem right now of humanity. Thank you for it your is. Call. I, mm-hmm.
5: Sorry, I lived in Greece for years, and um, the wave after wave of um, refugees coming from the Middle East, you know, yeah. either over the Ukrainian or through Turkey, was non-stop, and it's still coming. The you know, it's There's certain times when it really hits the news, one of the boat things or something, but it's, um, it's a non-stop. And then Europe puts pressure on Greece to keep the immigrants there and not go to France, Germany where they want to go because it's better jobs or better pay than the Greek economy, which is over, already overwhelmed and, and a supply and demand. Right. So America, you know, has having the same problem with these, you know, Texas and Florida and these sanctuary cities. But we don't have, you know, we don't have the European Union kind of organization. Not that it's better per se, but it's you know, it's our version of this here with Texas and yeah. Florida saying, "Yeah, we'll send it over somewhere." Yeah, we'll fly them. <laughs> but the you know, the parallels are amazing, and to say yeah. that, you know we don't find some other solution, some other way of dealing with it. We're, it's not just going to continue because it's been going on for over a decade, just the same, you know, and, and working through fear is only going to divide us. I don't have a more simple way to put it. Thank you.
1: (laughs) No, you did great. Thank you. Thank you for your call. 813 239 9663. This is Community Speaks. And uh, as the, you know, the first caller is a writer who responded to the first caller that's saying, you know, this is not open borders. I mean, this is not what people are responding to. This is not like it's just come on in, it's always wide open. It's never been that way. There's a lot of uh, people trying to move around and they would like a better life, but they're also getting away from atrocities. Uh, in the United States is always opening his arms to the white world, but when people of color show up to the border, it's an invasion, according to this governor. 239 eight one three two three nine nine six six three is the number to call. Uh, You're writing uh, uh, one writer said many European immigrants have come through our airports illegally, they overstayed a visa. That's what I'm adding. Uh, but this writer also says they're still here and they tend to be Caucasian. So it doesn't seem to be a big deal in those cases. And people are concerned because these are people of color. People are concerned about immigration at southern borders because of people of color coming across. And, you know, this, uh, this caller said it makes no mistake about it. This is what's really going on. Uh, he goes on to write, we'll do fine, uh, Furthermore, what will we do when we are really affected by environmental immigration? That's coming period because of global warming. Certain areas of the world will become uninhabitable period. That will, uh, what will we do when, uh, then, with regards to immigration? Uh, yeah, when nature starts to uh, reclaim in these borders, uh, these shores. 813239 9663 is the number to call, but yeah, right now it's, it's a lot of cynicism on the the right wing that, that you could use this invective and uh, you can use uh, people's reactionary response to uh, immigration uh, to gain votes and accumulate power in this country. And uh, as long as it continues to work, but they're not solving any problems. There's one thing the second caller said, this is broken and... Uh, Congress should be doing the role of what the U.N. has done on a global scale. Congress should be doing that, but nobody is doing it, uh, at least no help from the right, because it's too potent of a political issue. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jeanette. You're on Community Speaks from Gulfport. You say what? Hi.
3: Um, I just wanted to say a few things about what um, I heard in the past few callers. Mm-hmm. Um. I totally agree with what the last caller was saying. But the caller before him was talking about it's all men coming across the border. I think that his backs are a little shady. Um, I I think you agree. Um, You know, during the the winter when there was just like everybody was freezing cold and laying on the streets in in both sides of the border um, in Texas. I mean, I didn't see all men. I saw a lot of women, a lot of children, a lot of families, a lot of people suffering. Yeah. You know, I think that that's just right-wing propaganda that they are throwing out their right and left to try to make us hate people that want to have a better life.
1: And it promulgates fear. It plays into this idea that it's an, an invasion from people who are possibly terrorists or here to,
3: do, well, to I mean, do crime. when Trump said, you know, all the people from Mexico or... Mm -hmm. And whatever he said, you know, I mean, that's what people think about when they think about people coming across the border. It's like he he uh, generalized a whole bunch of people. Yeah. I mean, and and of course, I mean, all the rhetoric that comes from the right wingers are based in fear. Want us to be afraid, want us to be like those people don't matter. And those people who cares if they put them on a plane and send them to another state? That, sure. That's fine. Well, that's not, our, that's not the American way. No. Hey, at you least know, it shouldn't I mean, be. <laughs> there are a lot of people in Texas that are trying to help on the border. Cause I used to live on the border of Texas. Yeah. I lived in Brownsville. And there's a lot of people on the border that are trying to help these people. But, you know, once it seems like people get across the border and become citizens, you know, whichever way they had to do it, then they become better than everybody else. And they'll act like, you know, we don't want you, even though they just came across right. you. They, they're immigrants themselves.
1: Right. And they get used as political pawns for the right yes. wing. <laughs> yes.
3: Because
1: we see that no, a lot it's here. Just,
3: it's just flat-out racism, if you ask me. And, and one other thing I wanted to say is that, yes, they will. we will be happy to bring in Europeans, but during World War II, we were not happy to bring in the Jews. That's right. And that, that was racism, too. You know, it wasn't just, it's not just black and brown. It's racism from religion to color of your skin to, you know, what you, you know, what, what pol- political party you believe in. And right now, I mean, if, if you're from Haiti, if you're from any country that's suffering, they right. don't want you. They want people with money. Right, right. That's
1: all I'm gonna say. Now you said a mouthful. Thank you, Jeanette.
3: You're welcome.
1: Well, this has been Community Speaks. Got a couple of more minutes left. Uh, you know, we've been watching what these politicians have been saying to villainize humanity that they don't want here, don't want to have to put up with, especially politically. Uh, and when, if they do accept them, they are hoping that they would turn on then those who are trying to get in the same way and uh become a part of this country and uh work hard and do whatever everybody else say that they want them to do and yet we still have these politicians using them as as fodder uh for people to hate and uh it it's it's not that's not gonna bode well for any kind of good future. And especially when, you know, you have people here that are in, intent on responding with violence. That was a time when people would go out to the southern border with their guns and say, here, I'm here to help. <laughs> Come on. 813-239-9663. Looks like we got one more call. I'm going to go ahead and put that call on so that he can, uh, Ricky, can talk to all of us. Ricky, from here in here in Tampa, you say what here on Community Speaks?
4: Hey, how you doing, my Beale? Good. All right, this is Ricky Williams. We went to school together. Ricky, what's
1: up, Ricky Williams?
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm great. I'm great. Uh, my Beale, I want to hear you talk a little about indentured servants, which still exists today. Yeah. Because a lot of times they have people come over on a visa from Mexico or wherever, and it's convenient for the American employee to have him on uh, uh, as an indentured servant. Yeah. I mean, we know it's an agreement between two parties to, you know, um do work and then uh, on a contract for x amount of months or years or whatever. Right. But the mean is kind of I mean, people trying to uh um move into a better situation by coming from countries, but it seems like it's, it's also a selfish I want to hear you to speak on a little bit. I'm just gonna shut up and let you speak on a little bit. What's your what's your opinion on
1: it? Patrick? On indentured servitude? Well, you know, yeah. it, it, it could be problematic. It could be uh, you could be setting yourself up to be propaganda uh, exploited. And uh, you're not actually ending up you're not ending up uh getting, you know, paid for your your labor, your labor's worth and uh it could also drive down everybody else's uh uh wages it could be problematic uh, it could also be a way to make it out of a of a horrible situation but you know you have to watch out for being exploited you know it's for centuries that's been used as a as means of exploiting people and uh, we we hear about kids being used brought here from china and used to work in Sweatshops or in marijuana processing plants, you know, which is a, a illegal operation. So, if it's an illegal operation, you're certainly being exploited. Go ahead, Ricky. You have to wipe out being exploited. You know, it looks like we're getting a whole lot of feedback. But thank you, Ricky Scott. I'm gonna go ahead and take your telephone calls uh, real quick.
4: Yes, construction says we have workers. We don't need immigrants for home building. You know, fair pay for a fair day's work. And uh, no illegal immigration for that work. No.
1: But construction, you mean that that's what they say now? Because I know that there's some construction companies who do use immigrant labor.
4: Uh, Our our idea is work that no one will do, but construction Mm -hmm. people are there. And Fair Day's pay for Fair Day's work, I was a union carpenter. And that's what it provides. Oh, a union. labor. Okay. Oh, yes, certainly. For skilled work, fair pay for a fair day's work. Yes, sir. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Scott. And I'm certain that if uh, a person who's uh, here is a recent immigrant would love to be part of a union. Uh, And, you know, we think about a lot of the skills that are brought over that, you know, might innovate work processes, you know, We hear people from Haiti, we hear people from Africa uh, that come here with great skills that, you know, would be a a huge benefit to any operation. So I think that, you know, being so short-sighted and so hateful, we are undercutting what could possibly be uh, a great enterprise. Um, And uh, immigration is something that, you know, this is a country of immigrants. I don't know what. You know, you might say a country has a right to cut uh, itself off from the world and uh, close its borders down. But, you know, it's not like this is a, a border that's being overrun by animals. These are people who are humans who have something to offer and are trying to get away from a horrible situation in a lot of cases, especially in the case of Haiti that I could talk about myself. Uh, you know, we know that all over South America, there are some problems. There are some gang problems. There are issues that have made people feel intimidated at home so they get away. And uh, what better place than a place where you can come and build a better life? Uh, this is a country that has always believed in that creed, but why is it that people of color can't have those same dreams? So this has been Community Speaks some certain Certainly happy you called in, chimed in on all of these issues. I want to talk about these issues a lot more as time goes on. Uh, But like I said, the month of July, WNF have been trying to hone in on issues of human rights. And uh, we're going to continue to try to deal with that. And, uh, of course, our mission statement for next month will... We'll be on top of that issue as well. We'll let you know what that is, but keep it tuned. That one, this extra one hour on a week day for community speaks and all other talk shows that we've expanded to. This has been great so far. We want to thank you for your, your support and calling in and showing your love for these programs. And I want to keep this energy high, but up next, we're getting back to the music. It's the music. Melanie is coming your way. And, uh, Keep it tuned right here to your community radio station all day and into the night as the programming gets better. And, of course, our news department will be bringing the latest news. And right now, update from National Public Radio. But this has been Atromobili here for Community Speaks. Keep it tuned to WMNF Tampa.
3: your values. This is WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM.